Hello and welcome to episode four of the Educators. This series, I'm delighted to be focusing on female educators and entrepreneurs who are really making a difference and having a huge social impact. And today's guest is Nick Pontsford, FRSA, who's the co-founder and CEO of the Global Equality Collective. Nick, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you to the Educators. Nick, good morning. Good morning. Lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I'm so excited to finally get you here. I know you're so busy and it's it's great to have you. I've been chasing you for ages going, please come on, please come on. I'm so, so excited to have you here. So let me just introduce you to everybody. Um, you're previously an award-winning advanced skills teacher and Harvard author of Techno Teachers in 2014. You're now a recognised ed tech thought leader and frequent keynote speaker. You were headhunted by the DfE for central roles during the pandemic. And you're also deputy head of education at Microlink, director of ed tech UK, lecturer at Leeds Beckett University and studying for a doctorate. And I hasten to add, you have some young children as well, Nick, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Amongst I've got three. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness me. You're co-founder and CEO of the multi-award winning Global Equality Collective, a global grassroots movement of over 15,000 change makers and a collective of 400 plus DEI subject matter experts. You also created the multi-award winning GEC app, the world's first DEI app for schools and businesses. And since launching in November 2021, the GEC app for education has already reached over 200 schools in 18 countries, meaning 150,000 plus students globally. In 2022, you were also recognised as one of Europe's top 50 women in tech through the Inspiring 50 Europe 2022 Award and received the Rising Stars Award for Education and Academia. And it's Nick believes technology is the equaliser of our time. Nick, what an amazing um, <laughs> list of accolades for you. I feel really kind I'm gonna of retire. Not, not good enough to talk to you. So yeah, I mean, we connected a, um, a little while ago and had common kind of, we both grew up in a council estate and we both kind of lived in the same region and we, we kind of both had the same kind of ambitions. But tell us a little bit more kind of on the, the softer side of you about why this all came about and, and yeah, what your why is really. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, my goodness. It always sounds so mad when I hear all those different things, but it is quite nice, I suppose, to take a moment and reflect yeah, on, on, on things. Yeah. Um, so I think the, the short version is, I think, probably I was, yeah, as you say, I was that council estate girl who was told no an awful lot. And as a result of that, I know, say yes to everyone and everything. And, and so, you know, I was, my my father's disabled. He had a uh, limb difference and that was normal. And I was a councillor state girl and that was normal until I kind of went to school. And then I realised actually my normal was different to everyone else's. And, and quite a lot of other people looked down, kind of mocked, um, which, which, was a strange kind of place to go and and fortunately for me I had very kind teachers who wanted to help me and so school became a really safe place for me and that then led to me I suppose having a passion for education and being able to I suppose in a way give it back I didn't really think about that until I sort of had my own kids a little bit more but um yeah, so I, you know, I, I ended up going into teaching um, after a short stint in marketing and, and sort of PR and was going to be an English teacher and then ended up um, really loving the tech. And um, when I signed up to be a teacher back in 2001, I asked if they did digital media and uh, 
found out a head of department who knew what he was doing made me do it. <laughs> and so in uh, it was a, a large <laughs> secondary in, 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 in Berkshire. And um, yeah, and basically as a, my NQ2 plus one, I then had like 110 A-level students. And because I didn't really know what I was doing, I would just sort of say, yeah. So I was, you know, why can't we change these rooms and make them nice turquoise and do this? And and I had a head <laughs> who liked saying yes. And I kind of did all of that. And, you know, the kids, when I did film, they wanted to go to Hollywood. So I said yes. And then went to the staff room and said, so how do you do a, how do you do a school trip to America, everyone? And they were like, oh, no. <laughs> um, and then and kind of saw it through a bit. And so I did all these sort of crazy things because I was just sort of making it up as I went along. But I realised that actually... I start. I was doing things a little bit differently to everyone else, and it wasn't really intention. It wasn't like I'm going to be the different sort of thing. It was just like well, that seems like quite cool. Maybe I'll give it a go. And um, yeah, I think as a as a newly qualified teacher who just split up with a boyfriend and had loads of time on my hands, I threw myself into it and I loved it. And I ended up winning a teaching award, which I was nominated by. The students which was really cool but also by the staff which was quite phenomenal um and that then really opened up so I I was um awarded for um like a new teacher because it was in my first three years of teaching and then I was asked you know can you go and talk to some other new teachers and oh can you then talk about technologies and oh then can you talk and and I love talking so um I I and also because I was again that making it up as I went along I was learning the software and then teaching it so and then around 2005, um, that's when sort of the iPad and iPod and, you know, anyone else who's geriatric like I am will know that that, that was kind of a wave. Oh, and yes. I just happened I to be fortunate. <laughs> that's it. I was just ahead of that. So I was able to teach it and use it and then embraced all those sort of roots. So instead of going for a headship, I really liked working with the students and looking at like how we could help pathways into business and and then, and, you know, sort of out of their home life so they would have that sort of power like I suppose I had through education I was my own person like nothing around me could kind of stop me from 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 making mistakes and trying new things out sort of thing so um I suppose all those kinds of feelings as I got into teaching and then realized I had a bit of a you know the light was always green for me after winning the teacher award I then became uh, an advanced skills teacher which um, at that point meant instead of going for a headship route you were still a school leader but a certain mm-hmm. amount of your time could do outreach work and so that's what I did I set up GCSEs and A-levels and BTECs in the curriculum and I worked with the students that were unteachable I was told they were they were my gang we had a great time and then I uh, did outreach work with early years primary um, and then special needs schools as well and I started, I suppose, as I sort of had that more aerial view on education, I realised we were more alike than different. Um, and I think that's what you kind of get with the age phases. We get a, a lot of focus on how it is so different. And, you know, you, if you teach that and your expertise in, is in that, then you can't possibly know what it's like on the other side, which is which is true. But mm. I like the similarities of essentially working with people and, you know, and, yeah. and, and trying to learn and that sort of social justice as well. So, yeah, I suppose all of that at the start when I was teaching is then linked on to the work that I've sort of done subsequently. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree that everybody just wants to be understood, don't they? And everyone wants to belong, which is a, a common theme across 
humanity, whether you're in school or in business or, or wherever you are. And and it looks like with your app and um, with your kind of movement that you are focusing on that. So tell us a little bit more about what it is and and how it works and perhaps how schools are using it, which would be really useful for our listeners. Yeah. And what I might, I might, I might kind of do a little bit of a run in for it as well. So yeah, that would be great. Yeah. I'd sort of, so I ended up leaving as an AST because I had my first child and I was told that I couldn't um, be a school leader if I wasn't in school five days a week, which I laugh at. Um, I didn't laugh at the time. In fact, it was a bit of a, a sweary mess at that point and didn't really know what to kind of do. I I'd envisioned myself going back in to schools and I was sort of, you know, just like, that's it. That's it. Yep. You're done sort of thing. And, and, and that didn't seem right to me. So, um, but I had my son and he had needs at the time and, and, you know, I, I had, a you know, other commitments to hospitals and all that sort of stuff. So, um, mm. but I really want to stay in education. And I think there were, there were a couple of points. I ended up writing the book, the Harvard book, the Harvard, which was mad. I, I met someone on LinkedIn. They wanted to know more about media education in Europe. And I said, Oh, well, I'll tell you something. And, um, that ended up being Dr. Julianne Wood. Uh, she was an ex-Harvard director. I thought we were going to write a newsletter for Harvard, which, you know, I thought would definitely make me the favourite sibling um, out of my sister and I with my <laughs> mum at least. <laughs> and um, and, it, and we ended up, they, they published 14 books a year at Harvard Educational Press and, and they asked us to write a book about technology because uh, no one else, I think, wanted to write about technology as it was changing so fast. But of course, we said yes. And so we did. And I wrote it when my son was napping. And it made me realise, you know, I still had this brain, I suppose. I still was productive. I was still had something to offer. But also, I could write in my own time. And I could still be productive. Yeah. And I could collaborate online and, and, and produce something that, that could kind of, you know, that was out there. And, and then I also worked for an education charity called Achievement for All. Made up a school leader. So as an AST, I could go and do that. And they work to help schools with the least attaining, and I'll do my bunny ears uh, quotation marks, <laughs> um, for the least attaining students. And um, and what I realised after, I mean, I did that for about nine years, initially as a school coach, as for earliest to post-16 and special schools again. And then I ended up writing all the online training. What I realised was a lot of my work trying to help schools understand their blind spots and understand that family or that member of staff that was struggling or that actually it was all about attitudes and values of those decision makers. That's that's what it came yeah. down to every single time. Mm-hmm. And I can give you examples of the conversations I had, but that's sort of a short version. And then I realised that actually if we don't get the attitudes and values right in our schools with our staff, we don't then have the right decisions being made, which means the experiences are are transforming probably for the worse rather than the better which is you know education to transform for the better and what we also need to do is we need to make sure that all the staff are on that and I think anyone who's a parent of a child with needs will know it isn't just Mm -hmm. the curriculum staff it's that reception staff it's the site team and I know as a teacher you know I could work really hard with a student and a lunchtime supervisor or you know that yeah. You know, that yeah. member of staff of the SLT make one comment and it could be months of work fall apart. So mm-hmm. the ecosystem has to be right as well. And though I'd gone into schools and I'd, you know, I'd done needs analysis and I'd done focus groups for years and years and written training and done all that, I was I just kept going back to there has to be a way technology can kind of do this at scale. And that's when in the Twitter group, I met Kat, who's a co-founder of the GC. She was digital product director of the Telegraph at the time. And I explained how we did this 
you know, change, basically, how we make sustainable change in organisations, how we capture people's views, how we understand where the celebrations are as well. Again, we don't, we're not very good about particularly the diversity and inclusion. And, and so together we worked on this idea, which is the GEC app. So the story of how it's come about is something else, which is just bonkers. But um, the GEC app is a um, digital assessment for, for your metrics around DNI with an action plan and then with a Netflix style training hub for all staff in it. And it's been QA'd um, not just by our collective of 400 DNI subject matter experts, but we've worked with three leading universities on it as well. And we actually co-design it with our, our school members. So I have head teachers I talk to daily. I have DNI leads. Uh, we even work with the students as well to ascertain what's the right solution for us. And, and the thing that is incredible that we launched the GEC app um, for diversity and inclusion in November last year. And the appetite, not just with this uh, UK state school sector, which is what we were going for initially, is with international schools, is with independent schools. And so, yeah, in the first two terms, we had 200 schools sign up, which, you know, no marketing there. We're not a big corporate. You know, you all know it's me in my room, you know, uh, yep, in the in yep. home <laughs> office, uh, doing it all online between the school runs. And and just, you know, we've got some really exciting partnerships coming up. Um, people are really supportive. Um, and I think they know there's two female founders, two, two parents of, we've got three kids each, just trying to provide something that wasn't there before but it's smart it's it looks great because we want people to stay in it um and it's it's having great results so um yeah the gc app is is uh we say it's like our, our next baby um and and also the other thing we were really keen to do is make it accessible not only in, in what it does but in price so we charge less than a dni consultant would charge for a day and that's for all of it for the whole year for all all your staff and and i think our members, they're always telling me it's too cheap and I should charge more, but we want something at scale that would help. Mm. Um, and so that's what the GC is. Wow. I mean, yeah, we started talking, I think, kind of before you were looking at getting your app done. So it's just absolutely amazing now that that's now out and, and in there. And and we also talked about online and independent schools. So it's really great to hear um, that they've onboarded those. Now, if I were to use your app, what would it look like mm. for me if I because obviously the challenge is with head teachers and we've done some of these ourselves they they kind of want to they want to do they want to let me put do my bunny ears now as I'll do <laughs> inclusion yeah. but don't yeah. know how to go about it so you know you might have done a workshop or you might have done something else mm. what's different between having your app and doing a workshop how will I how will I what will I what will I see that's different long term brilliant Great question. So basically, Kat and I got together in a Twitter group and it was full of diversity and inclusion leaders. And I'll say this because I think this is important. So the conversation around diversity and inclusion, even in that Twitter group back in 2017, was full of facts, statistics. Isn't it awful? You know, um, when are the government going to come in and do this? Um, and this was with leading experts in diversity and inclusion and I was staggered because I thought they knew what to do. <laughs> That's what they made their careers out of. That's what they did all their consultancy work yeah. about. So mm -hmm. I thought they all knew. And then I realised, actually, we need someone else to move the chairs around. And maybe this model of workshops and inset days and training days 
isn't changing at all. And so I went away and I kind of did like, a, you know, like the, the matrix style. I went through it and, and really took a step back at, and looked at diversity, inclusion, education. And I realised things like boys and literacy. They doesn't change mm-hmm. since 1960s. You look at the recruitment of black leadership across, you know, several countries, yep, yep. like 0.1% in the UK. Um, you then look at uh, ex- exclusions when it comes to autistic students or gypsy Romy travellers, not changing, not changing, not changing. So, you know, decades of workshops in schools, not really changing the dial. And so mm-hmm. I looked at how we, how do we help people have, feel psychologically safe to discuss these things how do we help change attitudes and values because that's what this is about and I had done inset days and coaching you know I, I, I spent 10 years doing it as well so I knew what what it looked that it was good I knew what those crossed armed at the back of a hall looked like um <laughs> it, you know at the start of term um and I I was trying to find that kind of ground where people would want to you know be interested and learn ask really hard questions because we don't sign up for diversity inclusion as members of staff we don't talk about our politics our sexuality our lived experience and yet it's all crucial to our decision making in the classrooms and and at school leadership level so it's a really kind of weird area where everyone's meant to be an expert, but we've all got a completely different viewpoint to the next person. So I, um, in a lot of the stuff I do, I, I do everyone like in an old arcade, don't play in like, um, you know, Space Invaders and stuff like that. And, and that's what mm. we're like in education. We're all sort of, we've got our own little worlds and we play that and we see it from that point of view. But we don't really know what the person is playing next or why they're there or, you know, how many points they've got. I won't take that any further um so the gc app has been designed that the first way you get your uh self-assessment for leadership so you can do that as a member of staff the head teacher or you could do that as a team and i've designed it so it's all done around the school so for a if you do the self-assessment as a leader it takes a break time so it takes 15 to 20 minutes or if you want to do that with your leadership teams (laughs) it should take less should take less than I know. Should take less than an hour, you know, because you want to go in, you want to get a quick coffee, don't you? You might need a wee. Less than an hour, so we do that. So yep. less than an hour for a leadership team, unless you've got an English teacher, in which case it could take the rest of your life. And I can say that because I was an English teacher. So, so <laughs> the, you have your self assessment, and that has your uh, I call it the Kaplunk model, all like the marbles and straws around diversity and inclusion. And with us, with the GC, the Global Equality Collective. Uh, characteristics go beyond the UK Equality Act because it, I don't think it's good enough. So we've also brought mm-hmm. in single parents' rights, socioeconomic status, neurodiversity, menopause, flexible working, and we've also brought in global citizenship to bring in sustainability. We roof it through mm-hmm. the kitchen sink at it, so particularly when we've we you know we've had opportunities for crowdfunding to do it, so we just kind of went for it. Yeah. So so you get your self assessment around the global equality characteristics. The next bit is for all your staff. So now we've got a chance, the staff, a good half an hour, like a plunk model, but we've chucked in uh, modern sexism scale and anti-racist monitors. Mm-hmm. So we really surface up those beliefs. And, you know, we've worked with clinical psychologists on this. We've worked with universities. Yeah. We did pilot studies with it. You know, we haven't just whipped up a G form and sent it out. And that's the yeah. other thing. So we have every part of the design of the app has been created and and and, and looked at and hours and hours and hours of conversations i can't tell you um 
about like like even the buttons are like bubble wrap so users want to keep pressing mm-hmm. them like we've designed every single the color purple is about engagement everything we've done and what that does is it allows your staff to feel psychologically safe feel that they could be really authentic to answer questions give responses like they might do with google when they they question how their children's health are or you know how, how their sexuality yeah. is we want them to feel safe it's anonymous so we can't even put the emails and surveys together. So staff know that they're protective. If there's six people or less in the demographic group, we don't show up the micro demographics. So they feel they can say how they feel really truly, which means you get really robust data as an organisation. And yeah. we were really pushed by that. What next? Because, again, right, we know we've got a problem. We know we've got too many white middle class people. What next? And that's what a lot of these surveys out there, they tell you what you know. Like, we know this stuff. Like, Google it, you know. Don't. But what mm-hmm. we don't know is how all our staff feel if we really, really ask and really listen and to get their voice. So you get that for the staff. And then what we've done for when you get your data, which you can slice by our global quality characteristics, so you can see what parents say or what race and ethnicity demographics say, you know, how do your staff feel they have an attitude or a, a value around those? We've then got recommendations written by our collective. So that's a big difference. So right in front of you on your screen, we've got all these recommendations by our very high profile collective members. Mm. Um, you can have a look at our website. You've seen our advisory board. We've got incredible yeah. people that, and, and groups that have gone through it all. And then what's, what's next after that? So you've got your action plan based on your data, written by the collective and then just for giggles we've thrown in our netflix style training hub which has got lived experience videos but in a way not in a like a ted talks way more in a across the sofa so for those members of staff that feel a bit nervous about it don't really understand it you know it's all a bit spiky the language we don't really get we don't really like all that makes them feel really calm and then we've got our gc playbooks which are e-learning modules which take people through you know what is neurodiversity Mm. what is lgbt plus puts in the educational sector like why it's important to us as educators and then loads of advice and support from our collective which if you want to do a deeper dive you can go out and you can talk to them and they're the ones that don't have the sharp elbows in the space I say they're the ones that want to make you the experts so that's the other thing we QA the collective to make sure that they they you know they want to help and they want to empower our members and so that's what we do so that's why we're different. We are hmm. really thorough with the world's first app that does this. And I, the reason our members keep coming back and keep giving us advice and, and, and working with us is they, they always say, we didn't know we didn't know this, Nick. We didn't know. It's so thorough. We didn't know. So that's how it's different. Wow. I mean, what I absolutely love about that, and, and we do a lot of work with change and particularly with inclusion is that you get to a point where you've you've done an audit and you've kind of seen what the challenges are and then the where next bit is really difficult and actually personalizing that as well for individuals so you've got a, a huge number of staff and they all have different understandings and different starting points and then how do you personalize the the what next for them so your app will enable in leaders to 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 have a, a really good sense of where all the staff are and themselves and then to be able to personalize their learning and their understanding moving forward and it's it sounds to me like it's also non-threatening because you can do it kind of on your own and you can take yourself through kind of a self-paced learning which again you know we're advocating for our students this is independent lifelong learning so it's on a journey really of understanding inclusion that's it and i mean any sustainable change in an education organization is going to take a couple of years 
Um, yeah. You can't just throw a speaker in and then expect all your staff to, you know, get out of it what you got out of it. It is a process and you have to have those awkward conversations first, either from a legal stance, but you won't, you know, mm-hmm. your, your staff do have rights um, yeah. or uh, because it's the right thing to do. And lastly, there's risk mitigation now, I think, mm-hmm. in it for the sector. So it's not just we really like it. Let's put a rainbow flag on it. Yeah. It's if you don't know this, it's going to come back to bite you. And that's what we're also yeah. getting. Um, you know, Black History Month is is just about to hit. We have a real mixture of kind of experiences around that with our members mm. and with other schools where, you know, some some people in our collective will be saying, don't do it. It's tokenistic. Don't do it. And then, you know, you have other schools that don't do anything and they need a starting point mm-hmm. as well. And so what we do is we yeah. navigate and help help people feel confident because I think when it comes Mm. to this when it comes to belonging when it comes to you know mental health um when it comes to sustainability but you know cost of living all those kinds of things people want to feel okay and confident that they're making the right choices so we centralize it to allow people to really embed that equity I suppose well and where next (laughs) what what are your what are your hopes and aspirations for for where this is going to go what what would you what how would you have judged this i mean it's a huge success already but if we were to kind of have this conversation in a year's time or two years time what would your hopes be for your global equality collective and and your app and schools and education thank you so the global equality collective we've got three different areas so we've got business we've got education and then we've got our homes and all our stuff for parents are on our website we've got the largest collection of diversity inclusion books in the uk it's all on there it's all for free with the education side so there's there's something that i'm planning at the moment which is a student assessment um so bringing in what we do for staff but for students and i'm really excited about it so um but at the moment we're 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 sorting out the funding and getting that sort of sorted out but um I've worked with Goldsmiths University in London they've mm-hmm. given me a gold star on the questions which is nice and we've worked with 45 <laughs> schools with uh, I know that helps doesn't it so we've got 45 <laughs> student student councils and children's parliaments we're working with mm-hmm. as well so the students are telling us exactly what they would answer which is really exciting so that's the first bit and my aim with that is that we you know hopefully we'll get that out by the start of next year and then that will be really interesting to see what feedback students give about their sense of inclusion and belonging what decisions they think need to be in our organizations which i think will be really exciting for some schools and really terrifying for others so it'll be exciting to see where we go and as part of that we've just um actually it's closing today um our gc shadow advisory board we've been running over the summer so we've got young people who are going to be our shadow advisory board to help us with this process um and help design it as well and they are incredible collective members as well they're on our website over gc.org so please have a look at them but great dni change makers young people um including Jack Clark, who's been called Britain's Greta. Um, he is a co-chair of UK Sustain- School Sustainability Network. Um, young people doing great stuff. So we're really pleased that, that we're, we're bringing that in. And then I suppose going forward, and, and the bit I'm, I'm not so sure on yet, but it's definitely yes, is looking at how we <laughs> further support our international schools. So even yeah. though we're the Global Equality Collective, I didn't really expect a couple of months into launching it that we would... Um, have the impact we have so we 
I've got a case study actually from one of our schools in Africa that um, they're, they're sending me today, which will go on our, our website. But we're working with Council Fantastic. of International Schools, ECIS, um, ACAM, uh, the executive mm-hmm. director is so supportive yeah. and joined our advisory board as well. And then yeah. we've been working with the Association of International Schools in Africa. Ten of their schools are piloting mm-hmm. the app um, and looking at the differences and attitudes between host staff and international recruits. So that's really interesting. So I suppose the next bit would be that international size. And then really the last bit of the education is then going to higher ed. Yeah. So I'm already starting yeah. to like look at how we potentially do that. So it's quite a clear roadmap, but it's very ambitious. Well, but it's just so necessary, isn't it? In in a world now where everybody seems to be talking a different language and misunderstanding everyone all the time, to to be able to understand each other better um, has has got to be the way forward. And I think you're absolutely right. It's really hard to do that in education. We're so busy, you know, teaching and doing our own things. And and I think as leaders as well, you often forget that everybody has their own story too and their own way of, of seeing the world. So it's really important to kind of understand our people better and anything we can do to, to kind of support them moving forward, um, particularly on inclusion is so valuable. And Nick, I can only thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to listen to you. I mean, I... I it's it's so exciting. I mean, I think this is this is one of my favourite innovations in education in terms of the scope of the, the scope it has to change the way that we think about our world, but also our small world inside our schools as well. So, um, congratulations on everything you've achieved, and I do hope that Aww. everybody will get onto your website after this, and we'll jump mm-hmm. on, and we'll contact you, and we'll we'll take that kind of that that move and decision to 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 really do this in a in a meaningful and 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 culture changing way thank you so much i hold a weekly ask me anything session which doesn't doesn't get too rude which is quite good but it's um a good way that if you've got <laughs> inquiries you want to come and meet new and existing members and just you know work out how this is going to work for you please come along we've got full details on the website so we do get schools just signing up that you know don't have to look at my face or talk to me as well um so we do get schools that just sign up um we've got the gc education members area and we've got a site full of loads of free goodies and and bits and pieces and we're across social media at gc collect so um please come and see the work we're doing angela thank you so much for your support and, and your kindness and you've been so helpful uh we're a really small team but we've you know as i say we're really ambitious but we need help from the sector to get it out so yeah um i'd love i'd yeah. love any of your your listeners to come and join us and support us brilliant well i will definitely be recommending you to all the schools that we work with because um you're absolutely an incredible innovation so nick thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day thank you so much bye that's it for another insightful episode with angela fairs from full circle and thank you for listening to get in touch with angela check out her website it's fullcircle-education.co.uk Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.